Hello and welcome to another episode of a Brothers Creed podcast. We're talking about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers. I'm Ethan. And I'm Jared. And today we're talking about poetry, motivational poetry. Uh, you know, when I was in school uh, as a kid, I was like, man, poetry is the lamest thing ever. Uh, but now as an adult, uh, I can appreciate the finesse that people put on words. And as I you know, am able to think more deeply... Uh, obviously, than I was when I, when I was a child. Uh, hmm. These things mean a lot more to me, and I'm like, oh yeah, actually, that actually holds a lot of meaning to me, uh, and I can really feel that poetry. So there is so much out there. I mean, it's like from the dawn of time until now. Uh, so a lot of people have written a lot of great things. Uh, Ethan and I have just pulled, you know, three or four each uh, that we thought were cool, that we liked, that were motivational, and uh, ones that we liked, and we're going to share them with you today. And hopefully, this will. Uh, culture you a bit as it has us uh, to know uh, get a get a taste of what's out there and and maybe you might also uh, fancy some of some of these uh, poems that we're sharing and and say hey you know I think that does apply to me it's it's interesting it's just like saying saying something in such an eloquent way uh, that usually we talk in such layman terms uh, often so to hear something so eloquently said is often uh, refreshing and and delightful to the ears. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, let's get into it and hear some of this poetry. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice. All right, so as as Jared said, today we're going to be talking about kind of, let, let's call it motivational poetry for men, right? Um... And I liked what we were saying earlier, how a lot of times poetry can put into words how people are feeling in a very concise way. Uh, I think a lot of times there's just, there's so much filler words that we use that when you try to fit something into a poem or um, a more concise way of telling a story or, 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 or how you feel, um, I, I just liked how, how it, it, it how it plays out. So uh, I have a couple here uh, that I wanted to go through. Well, I'll go through one uh, and then uh, Jared and I would just kind of bounce back and forth. Um, but the first one that I had um, is a poem called uh, the man in the glass. Um, this poem is actually a poem. Uh, did you do that one too? Jared? Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, but go ahead. No, that's okay. Go ahead. <clears throat> Uh, so this is one that, um, this is probably where we both got it from, but, uh, dad in his closet all growing up on like the side of the, uh, the bookshelf or whatever was there, he had this, uh, poem up in, in the, uh, the closet, uh, of their, their room. And I remember as a kid, we'd always go up there and, 
when dad would get home from work, we'd be like, oh, hey, you know, dad. And we'd go up and, and we used to be talking to him about the day as he was, you know, changing his clothes or whatever uh, out of his work clothes. And there was just a lot of times where I'd hear him talk about it or I'd hear him, you know, say a couple lines from it. And uh, it always just kind of stuck stuck with me. Uh, I'm sure the same for you, Jared. Um, but uh, I wanted to go ahead and read it. Uh, I am not the best poetry reader, but I will give it my best attempt. So this one is kind of four stanzas, I guess is what they're called. Uh, which is just kind of uh, groups of, of poems within our... I thought it was five. One, two, three, four. Well, I only have four here. If you have some more at the end, then... Uh, What's the last one? Is it You May Fool the Whole World? Yeah. yeah. And then the, then the next one up is He's the Fellow. Yep. The next one up is For... Some people. It isn't, for It Isn't Your Father. Oh, the, you're missing one. Some people may think. Oh. Oh, I'll read that one. <laughs> okay, I'll right, read the well, third I'll one. I'll read the first. I'll read the first. Two, the the first two. You read the middle one, and then I read the next one. Okay, so it's five five stanzas. Okay, so here it goes. It says, "When you get what you want in your struggle for self, and the world makes you king for a day, just go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say. For it isn't your father or your or mother or wife." whose judgment upon upon you must pass, the fellow whose verdict counts most in your life is the one staring back from the glass. Some people may think you a straight shoot, shooting chum and call you a wonderful guy, but the guy in the glass says you're only a bum if you can't look him straight in the eye. He's the fellow to please, never mind all the rest, or he's with you clear to the end, and you've passed your most difficult, dangerous test. If the man in the glass is your friend, you may fool the whole world down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass, but your final reward with your heartache and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass. Deep, yeah, yeah. I like that last bit. Uh, but your final reward will be heartache and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass. So, just kind of that that guy looking back at you, the yeah. one that that whose verdict counts most in life is the one staring back from the glass. Kind of makes remember at remember at the end of Breaking Bad when he goes and uh, he kind of. At the very end, after he kills all the bad guys, and he's like goes, he gets, he's gotten shot, and he like walks out to that little lab that they have, and he looks in kind of the mirror on one of those vats, and it kind of sees his reflection, and just like what he had become, you know, uh, kind of reminds me of that where like he couldn't look himself in the mirror because he had become like a monster uh, from what he had set out, uh, and he had just gone so far off course. And what he had wanted to do with all that. Uh, remember at the beginning of the show, he was just like, $200,000, that's all I need. Yeah. And then it just spun. And uh, that was a great series. Just a great character development on that. But anyway, that, that's yeah. what it kind of reminded me of. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Did you get that one from, where'd you get that one from? From Dad as well? Or have uh, you heard it before? Uh, I, I, I had heard it before, but 
I actually was just looking up different ones online and I saw that one and I just read through it and I was like, that's such a powerful message. Um, and so I, I, but now that you say that dad had that one, I, I do remember that, but I actually just had chosen it like one I had Yeah. Found. Well, what's funny is that I couldn't remember the name of it and I thought it was like, I, so this one is the man in the glass, but I, I thought it was the man in the mirror. Oh yeah, and so I kept looking it up, looking it up, looking up. Man in the mirror, man, and that's a Michael Jackson song. And all I got was the <laughs> lyrics of the man in the mirror, and I was like, "This is not it." <laughs> and so actually, I called mom, and I was like, "Mom, can you go take a picture of the poem that's taped on the side of the dresser and the in <laughs> the thing?" And she was like, "I was like, what is that called?" She was like, "Oh, it's the man in the glass." I was like, oh, "I knew it." <laughs> yeah, um, that's good. Yeah. Okay. What about you? So uh, here's one that. Uh, I really like, uh, and for me, it has special meaning because, well, it's called A Little Fellow Follows Me by Lee Fisher, uh, and in my case, I have four little fo- fellows following me, uh, so this one always just uh, kind of gives me, as a father, uh, anybody who's a father, uh, doesn't have to be a fellow, I guess it could be a little princess too, but uh, in this case, it's a little fellow, uh, and so... Uh, I'll read this one. It says, A careful man I want to be, a little fellow follows me. I do not dare to go astray, for feel he, for fear he'll go the self-same way. I cannot once escape his eyes. Whate'er he see, sees me do, he tries. Like me, he says he's going to be the little chap who follows me. He thinks that I'm good and fine, believes in every work of mine. The base in me he must not see, the little chap who follows me. I must remember as I go through summer's sun and winter snow, I'm building for the years to be that little chap who follows me. Yeah. I like that one. You know, it's just so powerful. I think that it talks about being just one it's like not not only is the responsibility on me to 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 show my son uh, how to live but like like I have to show through my example because he's watching me uh, and then and I have to and by doing that I can maybe help him uh, in his future. Uh, one thing I've been thinking about recently is this like, well, you know, the best way to teach my kids about entrepreneurship is to be an entrepreneur. The best way to teach my kids about uh, being creative is to be creative. The best way to, get my, to teach my kids about being artistic is to be artistic. And so I can't sit back and say, oh, yeah, son, go go paint something or go create something and not do that myself. So I have to show him. And so that's why whenever I take out the podcast stuff, I I bring my boys in and say, Hey, come help me set up, you know? And well, not every, not every time, but sometimes. Uh, and then I, whenever I do my intros every new year, uh, I, I sit down, show them the intros. Like, what do you guys think? And they're like, Oh yeah. You know, and they, they love the, and I say, help me choose a, a beat for this intro. And they like, help me choose the beat or whatever. And I said, what do you think about these quotes? And they're like, Oh, cool. And they don't know what movies are from, but, um, yeah. So I just think that being, that person to lead your boys because they're watching you. Reminds me of that country song, you know, uh, where he says, Dad, I've been watching you. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, ain't that ain't that cool? Yeah, I'm something something. I'm your buckaroo. Yeah, I know you're. Yeah, I know what song you're talking about. Yeah, that's uh, kind of reminds me of the same song. So anyway, that's one of the ones I like. Yeah. Well, in the and I think in that country song, it's like he he finds his son praying on his knees, praying, and yeah. he like asks him, "Why are you doing that?" And he's like, "Well, because I saw you do it." Yeah. Then he one time he hears his kids, uh, you know, curse or something like that. He says, "Where'd you learn to?" Sp- Words like that, he says, Dad, I've been watching, I've been watching you. you. Man, ain't that cool? <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Uh, great poem. So, um, I forgot to say the the man in the glass poem is actually by uh, Peter Dale Wimbro Sr. Wimbro Sr. Um, so the next one that I had, this is actually from a song, it's lyrics from a song, but I'm going to say it's poetry because what are songs if not just sung poetry, right? Is it the, when I was a young boy, my father <laughs> took me <laughs> took into, me into the, city. the city to see a To join there. the Black Parade. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Actually, so said, this he, one is, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, so this one is from Rocky. Nice. Okay? So the soundtracks for Rocky are actually really good. Um, but this is from Rocky Four, mm-hmm. and there was a song that was special that was made for this uh, for the movie, mm-hmm. and it was called uh, "Burning Heart." And it's the uh, at the beginning, it's like two worlds collide. Yeah, right. So there's a lyric in that, or there's two lines in that song that I really like, um, and I'll I'll read it first, and then I'll sing it. Or maybe I'll sing it first, <laughs> and then I'll read it. Okay. So it's uh, it's like, um, in the warrior's code, there's no surrender. And it says, though his body says stop, his spirit cries never. Right. So I think that's something that has always stuck with me. So okay. in the warrior code, warrior's code, there's no surrender. Though his body says stop, his spirit cries never. That's and cool. uh, that was kind of like a, that's always kind of been a poem to me a little bit that, you know, we try to live the the warrior's creed. You know, we talk about these codes, the warrior's code, there's no surrender. And in uh, and, and the specific instance where he's talking about, it's he's like in the, the heat of training. And though his body says stop and it's like your body is just like, no, I can't go anymore. Can't go anymore. His spirit cries never and yeah. just like pushes through and that was just something that was kind of cool yeah sorry was, for the bad singing but i just had to sing it that was gorgeous man hey that was good i like that that's your spirit cries never that's cool uh so mine uh the next one i, I like and this maybe is like cliche but uh, i don't care uh so uh it's a uh, do not go gentle into that good night uh this was one from that was famously featured in the movie Interstellar, and uh, I won't speak it as 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 well as the uh, Michael Caine. Yeah, he plays a uh, um, Alfred. Alfred. Uh, but this was by Dylan Thomas, and I like this one because it talks about really the theme of. I'll kind of give a little bit of background before I read it. It talks about the theme of like. That life is precious, and you should you should fight for every uh, minute, uh, for every turn of 
in your life. Uh, the, the poem's speaker offers insights into how to face death with dignity and ferocity rather than just resignation. Um, and he, he says that people should burn and rave at the approaching death. Uh, the poem comprises of six stanzas and in which the speaker categorizes men of four classes. A wise man, a good man, a wild, wild man, and then grave men. Uh, with the intention of offering the readers a peek into their minds of such men uh, as they near death. And then uh, I'll uh, talk to you a little bit more. Uh, I, I want to mention one other thing after I read the poem. Uh, but I like it because it just talks about approaching death with defiance uh, and passion for living. Whenever I think about this poem, I think about, you ever remember that movie Secondhand Lions? Yep. Great movie. Yeah, so like the guy was like, there's these old guys who lived this adventurous life, uh, and uh, you know the kid from the Sixth Sense uh, comes up to him, and uh, he kind of convinces him to not be just old crotchety guys, but to really live life again, uh, and they just kind of start to spend. They have they have they're super rich. They spend their spend their money. They start to live their life again. And at the end of the movie, uh, I think both of the guys were in an airplane. And then they crashed the airplane upside down into their in barn, the barn. In the barn, and they both died. Uh, that's how they died. And so, like, I always thought about that. Like, they were just like, they raged against the dying of the light. Well, I guess in that case, they maybe killed themselves prematurely. But uh, they anyway, they were raging, and they were they were living. They lived a hard, they lived a fun life, or, or like a an adventurous life. And so, I thought that was kind of a cool. fulfilled life. Yeah. So let me. Uh, I'll read this here to you. So it says. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Though wise men at their end, no dark is right. Because their words had forked, no lightning they. Do not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright their frail deeds might have Dance in Green Bay, rage, rage, against the dying of the light. Wild men, who caught and sang, the sun in flight, and learned too late they grieved it on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death, who see with blind, with blinding sight, blind eyes could blaze like meteors, and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And you, my father, there on the sad height, curse, bless me now with the fierce tears, I pray. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. So, one of the... That's deep, man. Yeah, one of the specific ones in here talks about the uh, the man who was the wild man, right? And it says he caught and sang the sun in flight. He lived his life just joyous and recklessly, but when faced with death, he's overcome with regret for the frivolous behavior he squan and squandered opportunities in his life. Uh, you know, the good man, he, he's crying for his deeds that could have been better or that you know weren't all, even all that great. Uh, or the wise man whose words had forked no lightning like it, his words didn't make as much impact as he thought they would, or or he could have done more. 
and so I, I just think that uh, it's, it's a great poem. Uh, and I think that it just speaks to like almost like a memento mori, uh, a, a rem- which is like Latin for like, uh, uh, it's like a, a reminder of death is what that means and, and how frail life is and to live to its fullest. fullest. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, remember death, memento mori. Um, I'd had a couple other ones here, just kind of some shorter ones. Um, but there's one that kind of stuck out with me. It's called Success by uh, Bessie A. Stanley. And so this talks about what it is, what it means to achieve success in life. And so he says, He has achieved success who has lived well, laughed often, and loved much, who has gained the respect of intelligent men and the love of little children. And so... Say that last line again. So uh, he has gained the respect of intelligent men and the love of little children. And so... It's almost so is loved loved and laughed often uh, who's gained the respect of intelligent men and the love of little children so that to me was like you know you can you can you can almost ball in two courts right you've gained the respect of intelligent men and so you have um you know obviously done things in your life maybe successful uh career wise or whatever it might be to to earn the respect of of intelligent men right mm-hmm. not always rich men but intelligent men um and then at the same time being able to gain the love of little children just being soft enough to you know be a good father be a kind person i mean kids just have this sixth sense of who a kind person is and um, if you can, you know, gain that respect and that love, I think that's it was just kind of a cool thing that kind of stuck out to me about success. Yeah, I like that one. Now it means so many different. It can mean many different things. Yeah. Uh, one that I like that <clears throat> is actually from a movie. Uh, I actually posted about this. I've actually posted a clip of this on our TikTok. If you haven't. Uh, if you don't follow us on TikTok, you better uh, because we post lots of awesome stuff there, and uh, we're even shadow banned. So you know that's how, that's how good <laughs> we are. Uh, we can't for some reason our videos can't get over like two hundred views. So well, some of no, some of got more than that, but it's like we used to get like we got like two hundred thousand or like forty thousand, fifty thousand on like really good ones. Yeah, on a couple of those that we posted. Yeah. But then we posted pretty, pretty solidly with some pretty decent content, and uh, yeah. So I don't know. We'll figure that out. But anyway, this yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, but anyway, this way is from the movie The Gray, and it's kind of the part of the movie where this guy Liam Neeson, uh, <laughs> some Liam Neesons. Liam, Liam Neesons. Uh, yeah, uh, he is basically like a wolf hunter for like an oil rig company, for an oil company in like the art in Alaska. And he's flying home, but his plane crashes, and he's kind of stranded out in the wilderness, frozen tundra, in the woods. Uh, and him and some survivors are trying to get back to civilization, but they got a wolf pack on their heels, and 
you know, through a series of all these events, they're trying to survive, but they're getting killed by these wolves. Uh, kind of at the end of the movie, he's he's alone because everybody else has died off. He's got like a handful, probably, and he's kind of on this one spot where he has run and away from the wolves, and he kind of falls down on his knees, and he's looking at a picture of his wife and his wallet, and he looks up, and he realizes he's in the middle of the wolf den, uh, and the alpha is right there like on a little ledge looking at him, uh, and he's like, oh, shoot, and uh, so he kind of like looks at this uh, picture of his wife. Uh, he takes out all the wallets of all the, all the people that had died, puts up on the ground in front of him, and then he takes out like some uh, some glass, glass shot bottles, like shot bottle, like little uh, like alcohol bottles from the plane. Takes him and he like takes some tape. Uh, he he tapes them around. He puts his hand in like a fist and he tapes uh, the bottles like the 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 mouth of the bottle into it, like between his knuckles. Uh, the, I think three bottles and then his other hand. He takes some tape and he ties his knife into his other hand so that the blade is down. Uh, and he just tapes his hands up so that he couldn't let go. And then he cracks the, the bottles so they're just broken glass, like almost like a boxing glove of broken glass uh, uh, on, on his fist. And he, and he recites this poem that I think is really cool. Uh, it's just short. He says, once more into the fray, into the last good fight I'll ever know. Live and die on this day. Live and die on this day. So I think it's cool because into the fray. Once, once more into the fray, like he's going at it again, uh, into the last good fight I'll ever know. Makes you wonder, like, when is the last good fight you'll ever know? You know, what will that be? I think a lot of people, when they retire, uh, that is something that really goes through their mind. Is that uh, if they, when they retire from their jobs, uh, they feel like that was the last good fight they'll ever fight, uh, and it's all downhill from there. Uh, and I think that's why sometimes when people, especially police officers. When police officers retire, dude, they they die. I mean, they they they're the statistics around that are, are very interesting. Uh, they die many times very quickly after they retire, which is a very interesting uh, statistic. And maybe it's because they felt like maybe this. I I'm not a police officer myself, uh, known several, but maybe it has something to do with this about like going into that good fight and uh, maybe the thought of you having already fought your last fight, uh, maybe that is what drags you down. Uh, but then he says, live and die on this day. And he says it again, live and die on this day. So it's almost like the knowing that every, death every is day com- live, yeah. you know, every, knowing that death is coming makes you want to live and fight to live. And so uh, I thought it was cool. Then at the end of the movie, he just goes, and, he, and he, the wolf comes after him and it just goes, he just goes after the wolf and then, Unfortunately, it, it cuts, so we don't get to see him absolutely tear the wolf a new one. Uh, but I'm pretty sure Liam Neeson came out on top of that fight. <laughs> he comes on top of every fight. The only person that can beat Liam Neeson is Darth Maul. <laughs> 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 yeah. I was going to say Chuck Norris, but yeah, Darth Maul for sure. Darth Maul is the only one that's been effectively able to take Liam Neeson. <laughs> that's funny. So... Um, I had one last one here. Um, it's called It Couldn't Be Done by Edgar A. Guest. And uh, the wording is a little strange, but it says, Somebody said that it couldn't be done, but he with a chuckle replied, 
that maybe it couldn't, but he wouldn't be one, or that maybe it couldn't, but he would be one who wouldn't say so until he tried. So somebody said it couldn't be done, but he with a chuckle replied that maybe it couldn't, but he would be one who wouldn't say so until he tried. And so yeah. that kind of is just like, you know, a lot of people will tell you in life, oh, you can't do that. That can't be done or whatever. Uh, it's like what Arnold Schwarzenegger says when he, he said, I love it when people tell me that it's never been done before. You can't do it because it's never been done before. Because then whenever I do it, I know that I'm the first one that's ever done it. Yeah. And um, don't tell me so, what I can't do. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, so it was just kind of cool. It couldn't be done. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's all the ones well, I had. <laughs> yeah, I think others? that uh, I think that language can be very powerful. Oh, yeah. And I like what you said, how, you know, when we were younger, it's kind of like, oh, poetry, poetry's for girls or whatever else. But but language and, and putting down how you feel or um, motivation in words can be very powerful. And I so one of my favorite things to do is to collect quotes that I hear. And I have a whole list, a whole notes thing in my phone of just quotes that I hear. And I, I just love that because I think that that words can be so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime I need motivation or whatever else, I'll just flip to it and and say, oh, yeah, OK, this is it. This is all. Or, or, or I'll have like a mantra quote that I'll memorize that I'll tell myself. And and so uh, I, I think that these poems and other poems can definitely be something that you use to build your personal creed. Um, you know, you use these things to help motivate you, to help define your, your life, to help define the, the decisions you make or the choices that you decide, um, to embark upon. And so, I mean, it's just so much like the one that the little fellow that follows me and that I I love that one. That's just, you know, has so, so deep um rooted in relationships and in child rearing and the man in the glass just like you know personal acceptance and motivation and motivation from within mm-hmm. and and so definitely something I will be applying these and some others to my own personal creed for sure. Oh absolutely. Yeah. These are like almost like eloquent creed reminders that you should I, I think I challenge everybody. Uh I challenge myself right now and everybody uh, to find a poem that you like uh, and print it out and put it somewhere where you'll see it every day uh, so that you can remind yourself of the themes that are in that poem. You can remember, remind yourself of the, of the creed attributes that are in that poem. And I guarantee you that if you do that, you'd be uh, better off reminding yourself. When we, re- when we remind ourselves what we stand for every day, uh, then we will be more likely to stand for those things. We will look for opportunities to stand up for those things we believe in. Yep. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, use these different tactics. And thank you all for listening. We appreciate your uh, your listen, your comments, your 
your feedback. It, it really helps us to, um, you know, just keep, keep building, keep growing and keep becoming better people ourselves. So let's go out there. Let's get some and let's build that creed together. Let's do it.